welcome to Come Follow Me with Brie, episode 185, Wisdom and Spirit. Hello, I'm so glad you're here. Oh man, today was a crazy day for me. I've been getting ready for a vacation that we're about to go on. And as anybody who's been listening for a while knows, I am not the most responsible person. I'm kind of a procrastinator and I I admire all those podcasters out there that just have their podcasts done in advance. But really, what you're hearing every week is me the night before getting a podcast done. So now it's the night before our trip, and I have spent all day getting ready for our trip because, again, enter procrastination. And now I am recording. So really, when you listen to me, this is not recorded like weeks ago. It's recorded last night. (laughs) But what a great way to end my flurry of activity is to talk about this week's chapters. I, as I was reading this, I was like, man, I should have named one of my sons Stephen because I just love this guy that we talk about this week in Come Follow Me. We're in Acts chapters six through nine. In chapters six through seven, the central character is Stephen. And then chapters eight and nine, the central character is Saul. And really, as far as what I could talk about, I could go either way of talking about either both of them or either one of them. But today, I am going to focus on Stephen. As I was reading about Stephen, I don't know why this crossed my mind, but in my mind, when I picture Stephen, I picture him as just the most loving spiritual stake president that there ever was. I know that I've had some stake presidents and actually I have a stake president right now that I absolutely love. And I just, you can just feel their power and sincerity and how the spirit is working through them. And that's the feeling that I get with Stephen. And it feels very personal. Chapter six starts out where they're getting lots of disciples. The church is growing But then there's, it says, anger from the Grecians toward the Hebrews because the widows are being neglected. And the apostles really take this seriously because they then pull the body of the church together and they say to look for seven men to help them because they need to focus on prayer and ministry is what they say. So they're acknowledging that we can't do everything. And yes, these widows are being neglected. And so we need some help. So the people come together. They um, come up with the names of seven men. And those men are all listed out in this chapter. But one of those men is Stephen. And after this call was extended, um, the it says the disciples continue to multiply. And that Stephen did miracles. It says in chapter 6, verse 8, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. I love that there's a qualifier there. It says he was full of faith and therefore power. That faith was necessary. That's why he was full of power. It's not because Stephen himself was inherently anything special. He, I mean, other than the fact that he was a son of God, but He had that power and was able to do those wonders and miracles because he was full of faith. I sometimes, when I think about my own faith and analyze my own faith and where I am at, there's times, of course, where I think my faith is stronger than other times. But I'm wondering, 
and I'm just analyzing right now as I'm talking, am I full of faith? And I know the times that I feel that are the times when I make the cultivating and the nurturing of that faith a priority in my day. And I am absolutely positive that that is the kind of man Stephen must have been. He was a faith nurturer. I was talking to one of my friends the other day, and she we were talking about some things that we were anxious about and events that were coming up that were, were feeling like they were making us anxious. And I told her that the thing that always comes to my mind from the Spirit is that if I make time for the Lord in my day, if I make time for that faith cultivation, it kind of helps chase away my anxiety. It doesn't leave room for it. And that doesn't mean that all my problems are going to be gone. But I think, actually, I know that it it sets me up to have a more successful day. And so for this event that I was anxious about, I just, I told her that for that day, I just need to make sure that I prioritize cultivating my faith, except for I didn't say cultivating my faith. I said something different, but for the, the purpose of us talking right now, I need to prioritize cultivating that faith. And when I do, my days are going to go better and I am going to receive power from the Holy Ghost to be able to handle whatever the day has to throw at me. And I will it's not even it's not even a question. I will handle it better than if I had not made room for that. Okay, back to Stephen. So, he, full of faith, did great wonders and miracles among the people. So, then there was um a certain group in the synagogue that were fighting with Stephen. They were disputing with Stephen. And it says in verse 10, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. So after this, they then stir up the people and get him brought before the council. So obviously, this wisdom and spirit that they weren't able to resist, it wasn't that they were um, converted to whatever he was trying to persuade them of. They were still ticked, and they still disagreed with him, and they still wanted him to go to the council, but they had to lie in order for that to happen. They had to say that he was being blasphemous against the words of Moses and against God, and that they say that Jesus of he was saying Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and change the customs by which Moses delivered us, which you know is kind of true that he Jesus did change the, the customs um, that Moses gave to them or Jehovah gave to him, but um, obviously they disagreed with that. Anyway, so they had to lie and also twist and also bring up things that were actually true, that were actually upsetting to this council that they brought him before. So back to they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. What that means to me, it doesn't mean that they were converted, but it it means that they had nothing to say, that they weren't they weren't able to continue to fight with him. And so they went to go tattle on him instead. I came across a website and actually I'm not even totally sure how to say this website name. So I'm just going to say it just so that I'm giving credit, but it's fourthowardcc.com and it's written by Greg Hunter, who I have no idea who this is, but I loved what he had to say about a testimony and how it it's something that you really can't argue with somebody about if they're just bearing their own personal witness. And that to me sounds like what Stephen was doing anyway. So this Greg Hunter He says, all of us have a testimony where God saved us from certain destruction. 
He led us out of the shifting sands that led to death and set our feet upon the rock which leads to life. He lifted us out of the gloom where our only words were those of despair and put new song in our mouth, a song of praise to our God. If you are a Christian, then you know what I'm talking about. Many have gone through such an experience. Many have seen God move and put their trust in the Lord. They have witnessed the power and wonder and glory of God, and they are all the more blessed for seeing it. They have tasted that the Lord is good and that they will not put their trust in anyone else. Blessed is such a man. If you are such a person who has experienced the life-changing power of Jesus Christ, then may you boldly share that experience with others. They may argue the facts, but they cannot argue your experience. They cannot argue with your testimony. And as I read that, doesn't that remind you of Abinadi? Abinadi is my favorite story in the Book of Mormon, and that's what he does. He bears a solemn testimony of the Lord, and it sure makes King Noah and all the people with him angry, angry enough to kill Abinadi, but they cannot argue with what he has to say. So as Stephen is taken to this council, it says that as they looked upon him, they saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. So he was transfigured before them. Oh, and I forgot to mention the people that he's transfigured before is the Sanhedrin. And just to remind you what the Sanhedrin is, it's an assembly of either 23 or 71 elders, which I don't know how they decide what number, but they sit as a tribunal in every city in the ancient land of Israel. So essentially the Jewish tribunal. And as he sits before these men and he's transfigured, he starts to tell the story of the Hebrews, of the Jewish people. He starts all the way with Abraham. And he, I mean, honestly, if you're looking for a great summary of the Old Testament, this chapter seven is where to get it. He goes through everyone. I mean, not really everyone, but all the big, big peak points in the Old Testament, he goes through them and he goes all the way through to Solomon. And then he talks about Jesus. He's saying all of this, all of these stories of our fathers, of Joseph being sold into Egypt and Abraham coming to a new land, et cetera, et cetera. Moses freeing the Hebrews. All of this was leading up to Jesus Christ, and you guys rejected him. The rebuke that he ends with, he says, Ye stiff necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them, which shewed before the coming of the just one, of whom ye have now been betrayers and murderers. So he's saying, all of the prophets your fathers persecuted throughout our entire history, we always persecute the prophets. And what they're always doing is prophesying of Jesus Christ. And then Jesus Christ came and you killed him. You aren't any different than your fathers. Verse 53, who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. So here he's pointing out that you have the law actually given by God and you haven't even kept that, not to mention the killing of the prophets and of Jesus Christ. 54, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, and stopped their ears, and ran upon him with one accord, and cast him out of the city, and stoned him. 
and the witnesses laid down their clothes at the young man's feet, whose name was Saul. Saul's who we would talk about in the next chapter. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. How was Stephen able to do these things? How was he able to withstand being in front of the Sanhedrin and testifying of Jesus Christ and then being killed for that? How was he able, even at the very end, to say, please don't lay this sin upon their heads? It was by faith. That is what powered Stephen. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. I'm going to go to one of my favorite chapters in the New Testament, and it's Hebrews chapter 11. It starts, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then skipping to verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And then this whole chapter goes through a big, long list of all the prophets who went through trials and hard times, but had faith. Just as an example, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out of the place which he should receive after for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in a land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, and heirs with him of the same promise. And now to apply that to Stephen. Stephen, by faith, in this brand new church, created by Jesus Christ, by the Savior, by the Messiah who the Jews had been waiting for. By faith, he went forward, stood in front of the Sanhedrin, was transfigured, bore powerful testimony, knowing that it could be the end of his life doing so. But he did it by faith. Going back again to Hebrews chapter 11, It says, in speaking about all these great men and women of faith, it says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Promises not received. Have you received all of the promises that you have been given by the Lord? When you go to the temple, and you are given promises, are those things that you receive right now? No. That is what we are all doing. We, through faith, are going through life, believing that those promises are afar off, that they're there, and we are persuaded of them, and we embrace them, and we confess that we are strangers and pilgrims on the earth. As Christians, We have a long, beautiful, hard, tragic history of people who have great faith, people that we don't even know about. In fact, in Hebrews 11.32, after it lists a huge long list of people that are mentioned in the scriptures, it says, And what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell you of Gideon and of Barak and Samson 
and Jephthate, I don't know how to say that, that name, and David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. I love that phrase. Time would fail him to continue to mention and think of all of the stories that we will get to hear when we are ultimately with the Lord. There has got to be such great record of all of the Christians, of all of the Hebrews and the Jews, and any who came before them, who through faith endured hard things, and through that faith received power. What I want to remind you today is that you are not all that different from everyone mentioned in the scriptures. What makes up the difference is the Savior. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the one that makes up from your very imperfect effort to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and the capacity for what is necessary to endure something like these these prophets in the scriptures and like Stephen did and still remain faithful. So whatever you're going through in your life, whether you feel that it is insurmountable or whether our future holds a much more unfriendly place for Christians, we are qualified for the task. Not because of anything terribly special about any of us, but because if we have faith, we receive power from the Spirit and grace from Jesus Christ to make up the difference for what we lack. So when you read the story of Stephen, don't think that his spirituality is so out of your reach. If you think that, you are underestimating the power of Jesus Christ and the power of faith, which you are not qualified to dispute. So bear your testimony boldly. Talk of Christ. Speak of Christ. Speak of his teachings. Speak truth without fear. And just as Stephen showed us here, it doesn't mean everybody's going to like what you have to say. So make sure you're being consistent with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you are speaking with the power of the Holy Ghost, if you are full of faith, no one will be able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which you speak. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Next week, I'll be taking the week off. I encourage you next week to go back and listen to a previous episode or take a break from me and go to a different podcast for the week. Or one of my favorite things to do, instead of a podcast, go take some time to listen to some beautiful songs where you really, really think about the words. To me, that is often even more powerful than listening to anyone speak. I will talk to you again in two weeks. Have a good July. Bye.